Welcome to Lodging on Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor-in-Chief Dennis Nessler caught up with Kerry Ranson, CEO of HP Hotels, to discuss the company's recent performance, outlook for the future, and a host of other industry-related issues. Ranson also reveals some growth opportunities for third-party management, including a potentially significant transaction in the coming months. Hi, this is Dennis Nessler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. I'm here with Kerry Ranson, uh, CEO of HP Hotels. Welcome, Kerry. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and a uh, good way to start the year. Yeah, yeah. It's our pleasure. Um, Kerry, tell us a little bit about HP Hotels and, and what kind of year 22 was for you and uh, how things are looking heading into 23. Uh, 22 was um, probably same for most. Um, you know, I think, a, you know, started a bit volatile and then, you know, I think we eased in to from a property perspective to some great performance numbers, struggles from a labor perspective, but also a time for us to kind of reposition and reset as you prepare to kind of come out of this thing, stabilize through it. And so for us on the property level, you know, a really strong year, almost 70% of our assets, you know, achieving, you know, budgeted profit lines. Um, You know, I think you've, which all points to some great things We're, you know, I think over 75% on achieving our, our revenue budgeted lines uh, for our assets, uh, you know, probably had some challenges as far as a roller coaster ride, as far as our portfolio with just sales that occurred during the year. Um, and then also made some new relationships. I think of what we're seeing in the market um, and, and picking up some opportunities from that standpoint, but overall, I think I've said it for the last probably two years. You know, I think our motto had been, you know, through this thing, kind of staying alive and, you know, through it, you've done it. And then also kind of positioned and reset to kind of take on that next step of where we are in the industry and trying to also prepare ourselves. So what's, what's that look like? How do we enhance our position from, from our learnings, from what we've done in the 20 years of being in business and, and so that's kind of where the year's been. We, you know, had, had the opportunity of making some adjustments with personnel too. And I think, you know, it's some of it, you know, potentially a risk, but also trying to get us ready as we come out of this mm-hmm. to make sure from a human capital standpoint, we're prepared, we can handle uh, both the ups and the downs that had existed as well as what probably still exists out there. Uh, so some some good things, but overall, great. Look, as our 20th year in business, um, I don't know if you know Mike and Joe and I would have probably said that when we started in in 2002. Right. Uh, but man, it's been a great ride, and it was a great year for us. And you know, it, looking forward to what the what the future presents for us for sure. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, you mentioned kind of resetting after after the last couple of years. Do you think COVID's behind us completely? I think I, I think you know I think we'll have some probably blips here and there. I think I think that's what I probably look at in 23 and seeing as we look at some of our pacing that's happening. Um, that you'll probably have some great months that you look at and traditionally have said, oh, that was a you know pr- traditionally a softer month where we look at it and turn around going, oh my god we're so much stronger than we thought. And then the following month may be a complete drop off um, because I think you're going to see some of that transient leisure, maybe slow up weekends, but I think you'll pick, pick up 
on the group side during the week. And so probably not a consistent run throughout the year. Um, I, you know, I think we, we need to be prepared in the fact that, and you're seeing it right now throughout the media, where again, the potential of a flare up of these things are concerned. How much does that concern and scare off um, travelers? And then the other piece is, you know, what's happening with the inflation component and, mm -hmm. you know, some of the things that, you know, we're starting to get some momentum in the last three months, really strong momentum. Does that start tailing off as companies get concerned on what that looks like? Our numbers right now don't tell me that, uh, but every prognosticator we talk to says differently. Right. So, you know, I, look, I'll, numbers don't lie into that. I'll, I'll stick to, but I do think, you know, we've got some more roller coaster rides in front of us with the ups and downs. And I think it'll be a little bit before we kind of get to some steady flying. Yeah. Well, um, when you talk about activating properties, what does that mean to HP? What, what are some of the ways you guys look to activate properties uh, from a management perspective? I, well, I think we can't. I think the lifestyle side of things is, you know, not open. Like, not that we didn't know, but I don't think in the past, I think you looked at opportunities that were revenue generating avenues in these lifestyle assets, um, you know, whether it was retail, um, you know, whether it was opportunities, thinking outside the box with utilization of spaces. We never really took that probably into the select and the select full or select with F&B component. And those are the pieces where our experience with lifestyles, I think, helping us interact some of those spaces as well and taking ideas like, you know, working with local uh, wine and liquor distributors to do tastings and things like that, even down to our Hilton Garden Inn worlds, our Marriott courtyards that are different ways of really um, bringing to life and experience and even those type assets, but also opening up revenue streams that we never really probably contemplated previously, just thinking, hey, um, you know, our consumers are consumer, we're going to capture what's there from the standpoint of breakfast or, or dinner. Um, but it's opened up some opportunities for us to use meeting space differently, our public space, even our outdoor space a bit differently. Uh, and some of our renovations that we're doing, you know, we're taking situations where, hey, maybe a pool doesn't, isn't fit to our segments the way it previously was. Let's block in the pool and maybe add potentially a bar and a bar that services outdoors to where we're taking what was maybe just a, a bland lobby area and then expanding it to the outdoor area. And then when we do do things on the weekends, which would be Smurf type business, then we're opening up ourselves to have that opportunity to exercise selling our bar and our food a bit later than we probably traditionally had, or potentially even just closed it down because you figured, you know, these parents and whatnot of the kids may not have wanted your food and they were bringing in their own liquor. Uh, whereas this opens up some things. And I think our lifestyle has helped us kind of open our eyes through the pandemic to go, you know what, what are we doing? We've got opportunities in different avenues to drive revenue. And let's, you know, I think every square foot of it is going to need to be enhanced for us to kind of manage that middle of the page as we, as these expense creeps continue, whether it's from the franchise side, which are going to just, I think, be exasperated in the next couple of years, they're ready to get back to, you know, full tilt on, you know, standards Ipsen, adding new standards yeah, right and then and then obviously the labor piece the labor piece is you know such a 
a draw currently that that is you know from an expense perspective really changing bottom lines and for that we've got to find ways to kind of manage and, and drive some additional revenue right right um gary as you look forward to growth opportunities um strategic partnerships um what what are some of the ways that that hp is looking and to, to grow and is there anything kind of in imminent uh in, in the next few weeks or months yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we'll have some big news here uh, in the next probably two months that we'll be able to kind of share publicly with everyone. But um, we think that there's a big opportunity currently right now with companies similar to our size or groups that perhaps were traditionally owner operators that through the pandemic are fatigued by it, uh, but also have made avenues on their side of raising funds and things, but they've only managed for themselves. And so when you start raising funds and you're managing for other people, that's a different world. And that is a world that we've lived in since we started the company. I mean, Mm -hmm. we are at our core, a third party management company, and there is the ability and I think an opportunity out there right now with groups of similar type size to us and to other owner operators to kind of merge opportunities to be able to say, hey, we can expand the third party side for you. You continue to do and work on the development side and and raising funds to go and acquire because we see that obviously as an opportunity absolutely in probably the next 12 to 18 months. And so with that, we really focused ourselves this year on doing it. We, you know, I've got no interest in selling out. Um, You know, I've got a long runway in front of me. Um, And so for that, you know, I want to be able to also find a way for our team that's been with us for years to also have potentially um, an equity sharing role with us as we move forward. And to do that, I don't want us to just go and sell to some of the big boys that are out there that are out there fishing for those type of opportunities. We looked at it and said, look, where can you find potentially similar minded, still long runway in them as well? Uh, younger, potentially second, third generation owner operators that are wanting to expand their portfolios and how do you come together? And so that's what we've been focusing on. Hopefully we're in the midst of uh, a relationship currently that, you know, I think we're pretty far down the road. And I think if we can get this thing finished, uh, we'll have some news probably by in the first quarter to be able to share with everybody. And that's really been a focus of us. I think there's huge opportunity out there for us at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We look forward to hearing about that. Um, so you guys are currently at about roughly 25 properties. Is that correct? Yeah. Like, I think 27, uh, okay. I think is the number right now. And then we've got a, another two that are coming on in January. So we'll be right back at that 30 number here pretty soon. Yeah. And so, I mean, you mentioned some of the, some of the other uh, larger operators, uh, what, what kind of, what changes have you seen in, on the man, in the management uh company ranks uh, over the last several years? Uh, we know scale is kind of an important uh, criteria now. Yeah, look, I think that's the biggest piece is you're seeing some of the, you know, I think some of your your acquisitions that have occurred have, you know, really been to build themselves bigger. And I think, you know, it's funny because you'll see some of the marketing components that happen there where they're talking about the ability to be focused on perhaps lifestyle or they open up a lifestyle brand that mm-hmm. of, of their management company or they're focused on select service. And, you know, for us, it's, it's funny to watch that because for years, 
we've always believed in kind of managing with feet on the ground. Um, and you're seeing a bit of that now where these larger groups are taking claim to, hey, we're also managing with feet on the ground because we're in so many different markets. Right. Um, but at that point, look, you're still a number. Um, and, and I think you've seen it to where they're paying for management agreements. You know, well, well, you know, to me, I think there's a philosophical challenge there. Um, you know, I think long term for what the value of your asset potentially is. Um, you know, it, it is what's happening and it's tough to compete in that world. And I think for us, we've kind of tried to stay true to where we are, staying in our lane, recognizing, you know, if we were potentially to be given an opportunity for a one-off that's under 400 rooms in a particular market where we've not within three hours drive of that market, I, I, you know, we're happy to discuss it and try and start a relationship, but it's not an asset that we're more than likely going to retain under kind of our umbrella. Mm -hmm. So even down to what we were talking about a few seconds ago and, and, you know, you know, our activity and potential merger opportunities, even that is with a group that's in kind of in our region and in our area that we feel like we can expand with where our offices are, touch things that they're on and then potentially even probably move further um, with multiple assets in other markets to, to drive kind of our platform where we're putting actual feet on the ground in these particular markets versus a one-off somewhere. And so, you know, I think that's, Dennis, I think that's kind of really what you've been seeing. And I think you've seen a, a fatigue out there on some of the smaller operators to where, how do you stay going when in this particular environment, you know, assets have been trading surprisingly at, you know, historical high levels, is that now going to settle down and with it becomes this complete, you know, peak and valley? And how do you continue to support the owners and the assets that you're managing when you're up and down like that? You know, right. and there's been some changes that we've had to do internally as well to just sustain that to where we've built relationships where, you know, whether it's with, revenue management companies that, you know, specialize in AI and BI that we can utilize their services and partnering together in kind of a co-op relationship where I don't need the overhead. They're experts at those particular things and delivering content and, and quantitative data that, hey, for us, would have been a challenge at the numbers we were at. And so we've built some relationships with that in the market, um, you know, and as well as from an accounting perspective and even offboarding some of our day-to-day -day data entry and things like that, that we may have done above property on our side. We've offshored that um, with some groups that we're working with and in our accounting firm that we work with and, and picking up some of those pieces for us to where I can go and add five hotels without any problems. And mm -hmm. if we have to lose, uh, then I'm not losing human capital that supports these assets day in and day out either. Right, right, absolutely. Um, that's great. Gary, I'd like to just talk a little bit about a few industry issues, just kind of a little lightning round here. Give me your front kind of first thoughts uh, that, that come to your mind uh, when I say a few of these. So we'll start uh, supply chain. Concern. <laughs> very, very valid. Concern. Okay. Middle um, of the page, middle of page headaches. Yeah, yeah, right. How about inflation? Real. 
Um, however, I, I do think, I, I think that's going to really probably affect us more so on the transient and leisure travel. I think there's, don't, don't kid yourself if a lot of these major companies and whatnot that are out there for, have built for, for the last several years, kind of a, hey, we're going to have to manufacture and distribute here in the States. And so for us in the U.S., I think from a business perspective, our road warriors more than likely are going to be back out there because they're going to have to get rid of and distribute product that's been being been being manufactured. And so, you know, I, I think it, it's real, uh, but I think its effects will be felt differently for us from the hotel perspective. So I think a mixed bag is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, international travel. International travel. Slow slow coming back i don't see it anytime soon i just think that some of this stuff that's still out there and lingering will be concerns i, I think it's I, look i i think you saw some pent up um i think you'll probably see some european travel before you see the asian side kind of open itself back up and so i think you know i think the one word i'd probably use is slow okay technology Our biggest opportunity has been, we've been behind so many different industries over the years and we better wake up and recognize it and accept it with open arms, but finding a way to manage it without it killing uh, what we do. And that's, you know, people and that's what our industry is. And so how do you make it work for you to where you're still, you know, delivering, I think, an experience that the consumer wants for an asset, but making sure that, hey, is it making us efficient and open your arms to it and recognize and you better find a way to interject it into your day-to-day -day operations. Yeah, great. Terry, I appreciate your time. That's all I got for you. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you out there at Alice and some of the other industry events. Man, it's good to see your face. I appreciate it and happy new year. And hopefully everybody's got a great 23 in front of us. Yeah, amen to that. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.